Hello, podcast listeners. Hope you're enjoying your day as much as I am currently right now. You know, tomorrow's going to be a really interesting day in general because the Fed is going to be closing their two-day meeting. And what the Fed decides to do might eventually determine how the market's going to swing for the remainder of the year. Seems like right now they're going to be raising interest rates a little bit more, but 0.75 from what I've been reading. But we'll discuss that in a minute. Today's podcast, first, we're going to be talking about Microsoft. Microsoft's on the news today as they're starting to roll out Windows 11, an update with video editor and start menu folders. And some of these options look very interesting, to say the least. Okay, Costco and Albertsons are on the clean start news for CNBC today as Costco and Albertsons are using their tech startup to reduce waste and lower carbon emissions. For those of you who are heavily into startup companies, this might be something to look into to be able to grow your portfolio if it is if you do more research, obviously. Next, we're going to be able to talk a little bit about the Fed. The Fed is expected to hike rates by three quarters of a point again, but its forecast may matter most. That's going to be an interesting read to be able to get to when the time comes. We're also going to be talking about how there's layoffs happening in in, in the economy across. It says layoffs loom on the horizon, some economicists say. So we got to talk a little bit about that. And we'll end today talking about Gap because if there happens to be a connection with, with this article of layoffs that are happening and what's happening with Gap today. With that being said, as I always remind each of you at the beginning of each podcast, I'm not a professional advisor in any way, shape, or form. And everything I talk about in this podcast is for information purposes only. You need to do your own research before investing in any company as you're not guaranteed to make money in the stock market. Please also go talk to your own financial advisor as they would be able to make better financial decisions than you. I cannot legally give you financial advice. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only. With that, let's begin today's podcast. From CNBC, Microsoft starts rolling out Windows 11 update with video editor and start menu folders. Microsoft on Tuesday said it's starting to release the first major update to Windows 11, the current version of its PC operating system. Installing the free update could uh, could make PCs more accessible, more convenient, more secure, and maybe even more green. In the past decade, Microsoft has diversified its business away from Windows by growing its Azure public cloud, acquiring assets like LinkedIn Business Social Network, but Windows still generates 12% of the company's revenue. The, the updates help Microsoft show that it hasn't given up on its modernizing Windows, which dates back to the 1980s and is more popular than any other operating system for personal computers. But the company is delivering only one sizable update to the Windows each year, compared to a two-year window for Windows 10, the, the predecessor for Windows 11. Quote, our work is never done to ensure Windows evokes and adapts to you, wrote Panos Panay, Microsoft product chief in a blog post on the changes. Among versions of Windows, Windows 10 remains the most popular with about 72% share, according to data collected by the privately held stack counter. Support by the operating system ends in 2025. And many businesses are still relying on it for their PC fleets. But Windows 11, first released in October 2021, is growing in popularity with 13% share in August, up from 2.6% in January. The Windows 11 2022 update, as the new version is called, comes with a video editing program, new customization options from the start menu and access to additional Android apps. Here's some of the biggest changes. Okay, So here's some stuff that's going to be on the new Windows, which I think would be interesting. At least a few of them would be interesting to talk about. Start menu changes. That's one new new program in it. A new way to organize your windows. The new editing app. It says one year ago, Microsoft acquired ClipChap, uh, a startup to build a video, video editing app. Now it's pre-installed in Windows. The free version will let you rotate and trim videos, apply to set filters, draw on stock images and videos, and generate exports without watermarks. 
energy savings, expand Android app access. Don't open that app. This is the one I find the most intriguing. It says here, a feature named smart app control can automatically stop you from opening an insecure application or file. You can dispel the feature, but Microsoft discourages that and won't and you won't be able to enable it again without reinstalling Windows. So that's a very interesting one. I wonder how that one's gonna fully work in general. There's better graphics for older games, better video calls with advanced PCs, better search, closed caption on all things, voice commands, and more voice choices, okay? Windows is gonna be, I mean, Windows 11. I mean, it looks like it's going to be an interesting program to have just with some of these new applications. I mean, it says here too with the closed caption, all things is people are increasingly switching on closed captions when they watch videos and 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 a new accessibility feature in Windows calls for live captions makes this possible for audio or video in any application. And then voice commands, let's go back to that one too. It says another accessibility feature, voice access gives you a way to control your PC by speaking. Sometimes that might be easier that way to navigate than typing on a keyboard or clicking the mouse. Or it just seems like Windows is getting with the times and making their software more accessible for people who use it. Accessibility is going to be a huge thing, in my opinion, going forward for a lot of companies if they want their product or services to survive. And it just seems like Microsoft is just adapting with the times with their software for Windows. So, I mean, good for Windows for announcing this today. 12, still still 12% of its revenue does come from the Windows programs pretty much. And it's not like it's going to end anytime soon. So, these features look interesting. I'm curious to see how they work fully when, when my updates come on my computer. But keep an eye out for Microsoft. On to the next article. Costco and Albertsons are using this tech startup to reduce waste and lower carbon emissions. Trash is, a, trash is a massive carbon offender. This is from CNBC, by the way. Whether it sits in the landfill or burns in an uh, incinerator, trash releases harmful greenhouse gases, and much of the waste could be repurposed or recycled. If only it could be better identified and sorted. What a, there, That's where a company called Smarter Sorting comes in. Both retailers and manufacturers have complied with literally thousands of regulations tied to the managing and disposing of consumer products. So when it comes to recycling or re repurposing products rather than face more than regulations, they often just trash them. That's where smart sorting enters the picture by offering a way to reduce regulatory costs by showing companies exactly what is in their products through an enormous and uh, consistently growing database of ingredients. Quote, we have a huge uh, data set over 456 billion data points on what products actually are, their physical and chemical attributes. We started the database and regulatory compliance needs to help companies understand how to make market and move them safely, environmentally, compatibly, and efficiently, said Jacqueline Claudia, CEO of Smart Sorting. Using smart sorting data is determine exactly what is in the product and especially in the ingredients are toxic. Retailers and manufacturers can make more informed decisions on how to best handle the inevitable disposal. Okay. Covered products include food, chemicals, plastics, and products packaging, to name a few. By identifying every ingredient, smart sorting can inform a company specifically how to do better, dispose of it, recycle it, or perhaps in the case of food, donate it to a food bank. Albertson, Costco, and uh, Wegmans are clients. It says here smart sorting is also working with Republic Service. It says smart sorting also working with Republic Service, one of the largest environmental waste service companies in the U.S., quote, by having all the data digitalized, we're able to make informed decisions and speedy decisions that really improve efficiency. And last thing we'll read before we talk about it is smart sorting uh, backers include uh, Regeneration VC and G2 Venture Partners with a total funding to date of just over $55 million. 
This company seems interesting. Data is becoming king across the board. And now data is being used to be able to recycle. That would be extremely interesting to see like if data were to be used for these companies about how much waste is being used per year in retail in general. I mean, think about it. If you've ever worked in retail, you would know that at least at Target, it was this way. We had a lot of boxes come in with our supplies. And at the end of the of the shift, we'd end up taking all the cardboard, throwing into a machine in the back, and then just crushing it. Obviously, if the cardboard was wet, we couldn't throw it into the cardboard machine. We just have to throw that away because it was considered contaminated at that time. And even at Target, right before leaving to go on to other adventures in life, Target was trying to make it so that we were disposing, thing, disposing things in the correct manner. If we were doing food, you had to throw it in the right containers if it was rotten food. So it's getting interesting to see how data is going to be start being used for the recycling side of things. It also makes me wonder too, like if we were to invest in it, how long until it gets bought out? And all honestly, these trash companies have a tendency to want to take everything over, at least in the garbage industry. And so it's going to be interesting to see how these companies like Republic Service or maybe a waste management might end up buying the company in the end. But data is going to become king. Apparently data is now entering the trash sector as well. So it's a company to look out for. If you guys are interested in investing in startups, this isn't financial advice. It's just food for thought. On to the next article. Fed expected to hike rates by three quarters of a point again, but its forecast may matter most. It's not what the Federal Reserve does, but what it says it could do in the future. That will be most crucial when the central bank ends its two-day meeting Wednesday. The Fed is expected to fire off another three-quarter point rate hike, its third in a row. It will also release quarterly forecasts for inflation, the economy, and the future path of interest rates Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern time. The Fed's projections are always important, but this time they are even more so because investors have been trying to game how high it will raise interest rates and how much officials expect expects their actions could affect the economy. Ched Chairman Jerome Powell speaks at 2.30 p.m. Eastern time, and he is expected to emphasize the central bank will do what it takes to fight inflation, and it is unlikely to reverse its rate hikes anytime soon. Let's hear that again from CNBC. They're, they're saying this, okay? He, he will do what it takes to fight inflation and is unlikely to reverse its rate hikes anytime soon. Quote, I think... He puts it up on a bulletin board behind him, and that says inflation has to come down, said Rick Reeder, BlackRock, Chief of Financial Officer for Global Fixed Income. I think he's going to, to talk tough. The new forecast also comes as the central bank moves into a rate hike zone, the most economics expect to be more restrictive and more seriously impacting the economy. It's not what they do, it's what they say. This is our first actual tightening roadmap, and we theoretically roadmaps up until now, from but from the Fed's point of view, they're crossing into a world of tightening. That's important thing, said Diane Swank, chief economicist at KPMG. Yeah, this is going to get crazy. Because it says later on, it says this is really moving into restricted monetary policy territory. We'll be moving forward into no man's land, Snoke said. We've actually haven't tightened policy to, to fight inflation since the early 1980s. Their goal is, to, is for a prolonged slowdown that grinds inflation slowly down and only gradually increases the unemployment rate. Whether they get there is another issue. Yeah, trying to prevent unemployment rates from happening. It's already happening. Okay, we've talked about this in the past, in past podcasts. Okay. Layoffs are happening. Now, granted, I get that it can be seasonal layoffs. But even right now, it just doesn't seem like things are pretty normal, okay? 
And the market's probably not going to do well when the Fed reports after its meeting. I mean, even right now, I think the market's pretty much down as of the recording of this podcast right now. Could be wrong. But it just doesn't seem like things are just going in the right direction. Okay. And later in the article, it says economics have been uh, ratcheting up their forecast for how high they expect the Fed to take Fed funds target before stopping the hikes. The level's called a terminal rate. Expectations for Fed tightening increased dramatically in the past week after a surprising hot August consumer price index report. Fed funds futures on Mondays were pricing in a terminal rate of 4.5% by April, up from around 4% before the inflation report was released last Tuesday. The CPI rose 0.1% August, while economists had expected a decline. The CPI number last week caused a lot of terms of market repricing, said Peter um, Bookvar, chief financial officer at Bleakley Advisory Group. Stocks have been selling off and bond yields shot higher after the report. With some short-term treasury yields above 4%, which we did report yesterday in our podcast, the 10-year treasury yield rose to 3.59% Tuesday, the highest since April 2011. You know, going back to the Fed, no matter what they do, there's going to be more layoffs potentially. And that's just, this is just my opinion, okay? Because companies are not going to be able to be able to afford being able to, I guess, pay for employees, right? If the Fed keeps tightening rates, inflation keeps going up. I mean, we've read that the Suez Canal is having to raise their rates because they're trying to keep up with inflation as well and the world economy right now, okay? Even the markets are saying that layoffs are coming. It says from the markets from CNBC, layoffs loom on the horizon, some economists say. From rising inflation to red-hot job market and the negative gross domestic product in between, economists are divided on the healthy on the health of the U.S. economy. Quote, there have been a lot of talk recently that we're in a recession. We've had two quarters of declining GDP and often happens with the recession, but we have job growth that is incredibly strong. We have unemployment rate that is at a 50-year low. Claudia Saham, founder of Saham Consulting and a former Federal Reserve Board economist told CNBC, a top concern for Americans, are there layoffs in the horizon? Quote, there are going to be more layoffs, so you need to be wary of that, Mark Zandi, chief economist at Moody's Analytics, told CNBC. More corporate leaders are anticipating a recession, according to a survey from Stifel. Big companies are already announcing layoffs, including Best Buy, Ford Motor, HBO Max, Peloton, Shopify, Walmart, and Wayfair. Okay, so some of these I have covered in the past, so I'll review a little bit more. I think Best Buy, if I remember correctly, was laying off people because Best Buy just didn't meet quarterly earnings, and but there were people still, I guess, buying electronics. But at the same time, they weren't. I can't remember the full detail of that. I do remember Peloton, though. Peloton, the reason that they're not, that they're having layoffs is because Peloton was not selling as many of their equipment anymore because people aren't working out at home anymore. The COVID pandemic is over. So people are not going to be buying their workout equipment online as much anymore. Walmart, though, Walmart's kind of hazy in my memory. Shopify, if I remember correctly, it was because they hired too many people too quickly and the e-commerce giant is struggling with sales online. So layoffs are happening. Continuing on with the article, meanwhile, a survey from PwC shows 50% of its firms expect to reduce their labor forces in the next 6 to 12 months. This comes at a time when the labor market could hardly appear stronger. In July of 2022, there were 11.2 million job openings, revealing a shortage of workers for available positions. Quote, I think it's important to look at the number of job openings, Julia Polak, chief economicist, exit recruiter, told CNBC. The question is how steeply they will fall. 
how sharply they will fall if they'll go back to 7 million job openings, the level before the pandemic. Not to mention the labor market is facing off against the great resignation in July. 6.4 million people got new jobs, while another 4.2 million quit jobs. The Federal Reserve is raising interest rates at the point in an effort to slow down the job market, and that's going to mean more layoffs, Sandy said. Yeah, it, it just seems like more layoffs are going to end up happening. I'm not trying to freak anyone out. I'm just reporting what I'm reading from CNBC, okay? Even at the end of the article, they're saying that the Federal Reserve's Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell said it will be a challenge to return to an environment of stable prices without sacrificing the economic gains of the past two years. How have there been economic gains the past two years? In all seriousness, how can there be economic gains last two years? One year we were in a COVID lockdown. Nothing was really growing, at least from what I remember. Finishing the articles is during a question and answer session at the Cato Institution of Washington-based Think Tanker earlier this month. Yeah, there's going to be layoffs. And in fact, some more layoffs are actually happening in the market right now. Now, granted, it's not that big of a deal because it has to do with retail. But this is also the time of year that retail is supposed to be hiring more people because it is coming into the holiday season. From retail from CNBC, Gap S. Correction, gap eliminating about 500 corporate jobs as sales fall, okay? Like I said, there'll probably be more hires in gap for the retail side of selling the clothes in the stores, but it looks like right now, according to this article, they're saying that they're eliminating 500 corporate jobs as sales fall. Let's read the article. Gap Inc. is cutting about 500 corporate jobs as the clothing retailer struggles with declining sales. The job cuts, which include open positions, will primarily at Gap's offices in San Francisco, New York, and Asia. I'm assuming Asia means China, but they they don't specify it in this article. And hit various departments. A representative for the retail confirmed Tuesday. The moves were first reported by the Wall Street Journal. San Francisco-based company has experienced a slew of setbacks, including issue with product assortment as its Old Navy brand, which accounted for more than half the company's sales in fiscal 2021. And last week, Kanye West, who goes by Yee, said he was ending his company's Yeezy partnership with Gap after the rapper accused the retailer of breaching terms of their agreement. Yee said Gap failed to uh, uh, dispute Yee's productions as its stores. A correction, Gap failed to distribute Yee's products at its stores by the second half of 2021 and did not create dedicated Yee's Gap stores as promised. He told CNBC that he he was dissatisfied with the progress on launching physical Yee stores in partnership with the retailer. Gap later confirmed the break, but said that it still plans to work through its Yee's production pipeline. As it struggles to get sales back on track, Gap is still is also still looking for a new leader and CEO. Uh, their current CEO abruptly stepped down in July after about two years on the job. Last month, the company withdrew its 2022 financial outlook, citing execution challenges and uncertainty macroeconomic conditions. We need to keep paying attention. In fact, right before I got on this podcast for today, there actually was an article saying that there was another, I believe, company that was having issues. And we might talk about a little bit more tomorrow, but it said Ford was on its was considered on his worst day in more than 11 years after cost warning came. We'll talk about it more tomorrow, but the news is out there, people. What's happening in the market? These layoffs are happening. Whatever Jerome Powell does tomorrow will either potentially increase more layoffs happening or it will 
slow it down a bit. But no matter what, well, I can't say no matter what, I can't be that assertive, but it just seems like there's going to be some type of pullback in the making. There's there's just layoffs happening across the board. And granted, this could just be part of the economic cycle where there's there's people hiring and there's people let, being let go. It's hard to tell, okay? It's It really is. And so things are going to get really, really interesting. And we're just going to keep reporting the news as best we can on this podcast just so we know what the heck's going on out there. Because we want to be able to get the news out there and be able to let you people know what we're seeing and what we're reading. I mean, in all reality, this podcast did start because back in March, I was let go from my job. I was. I was working for an e-commerce company and they were having supply chain issues and I was let go. So things are happening. Whether it's supply chain issues, I mean, there's an energy demand that's going to be happening in Europe too. And it has nothing to do with what we're talking about, I believe. But it just seems like there's a lot of craziness in the market. And I keep reading these articles. And it's not every day, obviously. It's like once every couple of days, I read a new article about new layoffs that are happening. And it just seems a little weird. And we'll just keep reporting it because something's going to happen. Don't know what, but something eventually has to happen. So... With that being said, fellow podcast listeners, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I hope you have enjoyed it. If you had, please like and subscribe to this podcast as every like and subscription we get helps grow this podcast so we'll be able to keep reporting on the news as best we can and be able to serve those who wish to be able to hear what's going on out there. Please also share with friends or family as every share you give to friends or family can also help grow this podcast a little bit faster as well. With that being said, fellow podcast listeners, thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. Thank you and goodbye.